Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. TMS is brought to you daily by the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash TMS, like Lisa Patterson, JB Barry, and Tony Diamato. Coming up on TMS, I don't like the Big Bang Theory. Having to put up with nice people. He talks too much and cuts the grass. Barfinal. Puke, punch, run. Hello, I'm Joe Social. Splitting the juniper. Singularity to sitcom. The Big Bang Story. Making fun at you. Oh, it gets worse. Right back into the carafe. Famous Jeff. It's all generic with Dan and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Safety belts. <laughs> John B. don't want them. John B. don't need them. And John B. never uses them. The real kind, not the diet shit. The Morning Stream. Sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. Who gives a damn? Hello, everyone. Welcome to TMS. It is the morning stream for September 19th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson, and I am joined today by guest host Bobby Frankenberger. Hello, Bobby. Hello, Scott. And we're also joined by the guy who mows my lawn. He's uh, he's decided to join us right outside my office. Oh, my. Right when we start. What, a, what an honor. What Do you know his name, by the way? What's this guy's name? Uh, his name is also Bobby. Oh, no way. That's cool. Yeah. Is he... Um, I guess it's cool. Is he... Uh, uh, I don't know. Is he, is he nice? Does he do a good job? You get all the edges right he's, and all that kind of... He's perfect for us because you know what he does? We So we switched along guys at one point, and the last guy we had was super friendly, really nice. He would always do really... you know He would do extra stuff, and he'd come and knock on the door and tell me, oh, you know, you gotta just be careful with the kids. There's a, there's a, I saw a yellow jacket nest underneath this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, that's we really thoughtful. That, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, and you know, he, but he's always knocking on the door and having things to tell us, but I don't like talking to people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the great thing about this new guy and, and we didn't like fire the other guy cause he was too friendly. It, it was, we're, we're willing to put up with people who are being really nice and friendly. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, but he he had to stop, and he recommended this guy, and so this guy starts doing our grass, and I've in all the year he's been cutting our grass, I've talked to this guy like like once. Mm. He didn't even he didn't even like when he first started cutting our grass, knock on the door and say hello. And some people might say like, well, that, that seems weird, and you know he didn't even introduce himself when he started. I don't care. Yeah, don't, he's just there I don't to cut the lawn. Don't need you to knock lawn. on my door and talk to me. No. Just cut the grass. 
Yeah, and this isn't like me being a jerk kind of. I'm not doing this in a jerk way. It's just I don't. I, uh, you know, I, I just I, I I'm happy for you to help, and um I uh I, and and I'm happy to pay you for the work, and mm-hmm. um I just you know. No, the transaction is done. You've made the decision to have him come do the thing. He gets to come do the thing. There's no need for any more ceremony around the thing. Just mow the thing. If he does come to the door and say, hey, watch out, there are yellow jackets. Oh, no, that's a cool, appreciated thing. But that's not a a two-hour conversation over cheese and wine, right? I'm with you. Why is it the podcaster? I know what the the answer is, but I'm going to ask the question, then I'll answer it. Why do podcasters generally, in their off-air life... And I assume this is true for a lot of radio people. I don't know. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make up Maybe. things for people. But it seems like me and a lot of people I know, when we're done, we don't want to talk to anybody anymore. Like, I don't want, oh, to, yeah. I don't want to be all social. I want to talk to my wife. I want to talk to my kids. All that's great. No mm-hmm. problem there. Mm-hmm. That's not part of the problem. But if you are like, hey, I thought I'd come over and visit, I just go, ugh. <laughs> No, don't come over. You're not, you're not one that. of those like drop-in people, like that you like people just dropping in no. and, and hanging out for an hour. And I don't like doing it to anyone else either. I don't like dropping. Yeah, in. yeah. So I don't know. You know. I think um, I think I think you and I are the same, similar in that in that uh, in that we're so so. You've you've talked about how you pride yourself in being the same person on air as off, right? I try to be. True. I try to be. But but I think that's it's, and I'm I'm the same way. But I think it's different in our energies are a little different. Mm. We're we're a little like I'm a pretty socially anxious person. Mm. But it's like how I've heard I knew someone who is a who is a mascot, and they were very they had they didn't like being on stage. They were they had stage fright. They didn't like they didn't want to do any of that. But they loved doing mascot thing because. They were a different, oh, be, like it was not them, you know. Right, because you're you're literally hidden, sort of. I mean, you're you're yeah. you're out there, but you're not really out there. It's like being a VTuber or something. You you don't really have to be who you are. You can be something else. And so, any judgments that come your way right. will always be at a baseline misdirected because they don't know who's in right. the suit. And and maybe that's a an imperfect analogy to our situation because we are the same people that we are but it's just there's some kind of there's some kind of distance that the podcasting allows that uh, that makes me able to be m- more myself when I'm here than than in a big social setting where I'm kind of like uh, on edge a little bit what's going to happen is am I going to say something stupid and this person's going to think like I'm an idiot and sure. you know I don't know it's another thing I recommend different. I've probably talked about this before I don't know if I have um, if you're trying to feel uh, comfortable in massive social situations, get on stage in front of 28,000 people because what happens when you do that? You yeah. think it's going to be your ultimate nightmare. You think that, oh my gosh, everyone looking at me, me looking at everyone, expectations couldn't be higher, all that stuff. That was what I felt like right. going in. But after that gig, I realized it was like talking to no one. It was like no, it, when it's so many people, it's no many people. <laughs> it's like sure, yeah. it's just not. It's not a big deal. Like if you said to me, Scott, I need you to get up and do uh, forty-five minutes in front of ten people. That sounds like a nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've nightmare. I've done that before. I've done little like 
um, like talks and 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 little seminars and stuff like that. Like I used to, we used to do them every year at multiples in, at Gen Con every year when I had the other the Shadowcasters Network, and we would we'd teach people about streaming. We would teach people about playing RPGs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was always, you know, like. 20 40 50 people and that was uh ugh, that was rough that yeah. was tough for me that can be uh, uh yeah it's it's i don't like that but i can do give me 500 i'm good anything more than like 500 a thousand it's like i can see that less when of I, a problem I, I used to act on stage all the time and i loved that and i was always nervous going up to it but that's a common experience everybody has like really you know a lot of people have nerves going up to it but um, as soon as as soon as the it started, it was like a different world. It was like, oh, all these people are out here, but they're nothing to me. It was like you could. It was like a wall, a, a mural of of heads painted in seats in yeah. front of me. It may like as well it, be real. may as well be an empty room for for all that <laughs> yeah. mattered. Like it's a weird yeah. thing. It's a very funky thing. If if you don't experience it yourself, it's kind of hard to describe. Um, yeah. I also I don't like. Uh, well, okay, let me put it this way. Like if Kim says, "Hey, we're hanging out with the Jensens this weekend," which is not a person, we're just I'm making them up. But like, "Hey, we're going to dinner with the Jensens. We're gonna go, and then we're going back. And we're gonna watch a movie." And, and I just kind of go, "Oh, really?" Because wouldn't we rather just do that ourselves? <laughs> like, I'll take you out. We'll go somewhere nice, and then we can go home and we'll watch a movie. I don't really want to be. But then when I get in there, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I switch kicks, and I'm like, "All right, I am Joe Social for the next." five hours and I, and it's great mm-hmm. and we have a good time and everyone had a fun time and I go home and then but it doesn't matter I don't go home and go well that was no big deal now I will be more social every weekend yeah, with yeah. everyone instead it's like no I don't want to do this can we not do that again oh we are doing that yeah. again okay and then I then the switch happens again and it's fine is this just every this is probably everyone this is just everyone maybe Maybe I'm a weird combination also because a lot of people who have been to Vegas and see me for example might be thinking that's weird. He's Bobby seems fine and social and and has a great time there. And and I I'm a weird combination. I'm very socially anxious, but I'm also an extrovert. Um, so I get a lot of energy from being in those situations, but I I dread it leading up to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, even small things and big all all of that kind of stuff. I'm always anxious leading up to it, and it's right until I get there. Um, even when we have things with friends, there's our daughters. We're we're friends with um some some of my daughter's friends in in school, so we'll go have dinner with them. And the last time we got together, I was like, okay, Stephanie, um, my wife Stephanie. I was like, Stephanie. Uh, okay, so this time when we get together, we need to make sure. Uh, last time, I think we talked too much, uh, and so like we we talked too much about ourselves, and all they did is sit there and listen to us tell stories about when we were in high school. So we need to not do that this time. Let's let them talk. Let's try not to talk too much. Can we have a signal for if you think I'm talking too? You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you think you think it out too much, but then when you get into mm-hmm. it, you just melt into whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. But our brains are and weird. You, we have too much anticipation. I've decided this is why um, this is why everyone, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people I know drink. This is how they deal with it. You know, they have these social, social situations, lubricant. and yeah, and they drink while they do the thing, and it's much easier going down. And I don't drink, so when I go to these things, I just like raw dogging it, for lack of a better term, and that is the definition <laughs> that's the, that's of lack term. of a better term, right? Like if you, if I could ever have a term that was lacking. For a yeah. better use term, that's the term probably right there. 
but it feels like that. Scott, every year Scott's raw dogging it in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, look at that. let's get that rumor going. Let's get that out there. <laughs> um, well, all right. I got a thing to bring up. Uh, and uh, did I thank you for being here? I think I did. Bobby's here. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, Bobby's here. We're making a show. It's going to be a good time. Brian will be back tomorrow. His uh, final day in Vegas today. And uh, sounds like they had fun. I saw some video from yesterday's... Uh, Saw some pictures on threads. Yeah, up on threads. He he's he's got a, he went to a um, Spice Girls uh, cover band thing. Yeah, I saw those pictures. He, I saw um he, he was posting stuff, and so was uh, Tanner. Yeah, Tanner Goodman. Good Barry. Barry's out there doing it. And uh, anyway, they got they got some great video and some other stuff. So it looks like they're having a great time. And we're not as best I can tell from here. No one said anything, but I don't think they've been adversely affected by. Uh, the hack on the MGM's uh, properties because they didn't stay at one, which probably helped. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, they'll uh, they'll they'll come home safe, and he'll be back on tomorrow. Uh, so I went to a soccer game last night. Monday nights are soccer games. This is where Van plays soccer, and he loves mm-hmm. it. He's not really there to be competitive or make goals. He is there to kind of herd the other kids, and if somebody falls down, uh, to rush over and help them up, uh, even if they're on the other team even if they're not hurt, because that's just what he is. That's the kid he is, and that's what you get. He's not going to score 50 goals. He's not there to you know, blow everybody's mind and go into international soccer one day. His job is to smile and goof around and high-five everybody and like the other team more than his own team, this sort of stuff, right? This is what you do when you're four. So yeah. I'm watching this go down, and he's doing great, and he's having fun, and two of his friends are now in the same school, so now they're even... You know, they got this connection now and they're playing soccer together and all this stuff's going on and we're enjoying that. And then I noticed something. We have our coach, this young, fit, probably 29, 30-year-old dude, uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, running around, doing... He's great with the kids, just great. We like this guy. He's doing his thing. On the other side, we got a guy who seemed maybe a little bit younger than him, but... Uh, I wouldn't say this is terrible the way I'm saying this. This doesn't actually even matter to the story that I'm saying it this way. But let's just say he wasn't in the same shape. <laughs> so it was a lot of like huffing and puffing and slowing down and grabbing his knees and, you know, this sort of thing. Like I would be if I was out there probably. And uh, or at least how I would feel. Anyway, this guy's running around and, and they're doing their thing. And at one point he comes over near the end of the, the, the field where we are and he reaches down, bends over to pick up this ball. And as he does so, I watch his cargo shorts go. <laughs> Big old tear, crotch to, to, <laughs> to back. And, uh, you Stem know, white, to stern. Yeah, whitey tidies underneath. And this happens in real, I see it happen in real time. I don't hear the sound or anything, but I see it. And then I was faced with a conundrum, a question that I didn't act on. That's why I saved it for today's show. So you can tell me from an ethical standpoint, Bobby, how you would react. Yes. Okay. What do you do? Do you say, um, hey, and other people saw it. I'm not the only one, right? Do you say to this guy, hey, you, you split your uh, your juniper there. You got a little splitty split going on there. Or do you just let it go and not worry about it? And who cares? And I thought, well, if it was me, I would probably want to at least know that I did it. But do I want some complete stranger coming up and telling me that I just split my pants? Probably not. So I'd left without talking to the guy, but should I have said, Hey, you got a little, uh, you know, you got a little yeah, problem yeah. down so there. So you got, you got a, you got a sort of 
like like reason this out and think about all the possibilities, right? <laughs> yeah. um, let, let me begin by saying that uh, what I would do is say nothing because we just established <laughs> that I am a very socially anxious person. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. But but if you think about it, like what should you do, right? Mm. Um, so so both so eventually he's going to find out. Yeah, he's right. going to go home and he's going to go, what? When did this happen? Oh, man, or whatever. Or maybe his wife or somebody else saw it and just hadn't... Maybe she even told him. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how this all went down. And maybe he just didn't care. Someone in the chat says, how bad was the split? It was pretty bad. It was like... And Brian also says what I was thinking, too. The, Brian Ibbett's in the chat. Um, he said that I'm sure he knew he split it. Like, that's kind of what I thought, like... Uh, but let's assume that he didn't, because that's what you want to know, right? Let's assume he. Well, wouldn't you? You should have had some reaction, okay? So here, I'll, let me let me give you a full vision of how this looked. Okay. So he's standing out there and he's going, "You go over here, do that," and then he leans over, grabs the ball, like that, stands up and goes, "All right, you okay? No, 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 you're over here. Don't get on this side. All right, you're kicking." Like he didn't seem to notice. There is no indication, like no, no flinch. No, or not that or I know, like, not that I can or tell. It's like, like he, brief, you couldn't detect any brief moment where he thought, "Up, oh, split my pants." You'd think <laughs> that I, that yeah. if you felt it, you would make some sort of indication, like, "Oh, can right. I stand up a little bit or whatever." He didn't do any of that. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't, and he's just really adept at this. Totally possible. I don't know, but he was real sweaty and into it, and like maybe just didn't know. So. Now this thing, because he's running around in it, you know, it's basically a third pant leg on this guy. Right. And I just felt bad for him. And we're still got like a quarter of the game left, like fourth quarter to go. But by the time this happened and uh, and they just played it out and then gathered up all the stuff. He bent over five or six more times. That's why I also don't <laughs> think he knew because he just, nothing, nothing came out or anything. There no, was anything. No, no, fl- no okay. nothing flopped out. Nothing got weird in that regard. But I just, it, it seemed clear to me that he didn't know. And if he didn't know, did I have some responsibility as a passive observer to notice the split and go, dude, uh, just so you know, you got your, if this is a friend, I would have, or what family I always, member, I would have said, I would have pulled him aside and said, hey, is, Hank, uh, sorry, dude, I know, uh, you know, I know you're feeling pretty good over there, but you got a big old, you got a big old hole in your butt, you know, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. What were you gonna say? What I think about in situations like this is what, what is what benefit is going to occur from me intervening, right? Oh, interesting. What who will um, who, who is this going to help, or what will this do at all? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, what are the consequences of me intervening versus the consequences of me not? So if I don't do anything, if I just sit there, then he goes. Chances are he goes on the whole because he's been going on the whole time without noticing. He's going to get home. He's going to be like, "Oh my, was this happening the whole time?" And it's already passed mm. by the time he realizes it. And so, no. So like, I'm assuming he doesn't. If he, the best situation is you tell him. He happens to have a spare pair of shorts or pants with him. Yeah. And he changes and he's grateful. But that's probably not the not case. Not the right? case, right? Yeah. Right. So, if I'm, so am I actually making it worse for him? Let's say he's unaware. Okay. Well, the, let's go with that assumption that he doesn't know that he's done it. Me informing him of it is just putting him in a really bad position because he's still the coach. And the way these coaches work with four year olds, you're out there hurting right. him like cats, you're in the field. Like you're not yeah, he on needs the side. To be, his 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 head needs to be in the game, not in his shorts. Right, <laughs> right. But maybe so. you grab like a like a hoodie and wrap it around his waist, and you know, I don't know. But you said it wasn't 
it wasn't like obscene or anything. No, it was just obvious. Every any time he, even when he was standing up, you could see it. But when he would do any kind of lean over, and there's a lot of that going on when you got four year olds and balls going places, oh, yeah. and you oh, got to yeah. grab these kids and <laughs> move them back into the field. And you know, he's never at his. He's never standing up straight, really. As long as he's not having to move his balls back into the field, I think you're good. <laughs> I see. So. I see what you did. All right. Well, I don't feel bad about it because you know whatever. People split their pants all the time. And if he was in mortal danger, I would have stepped in, but he wasn't. The da- the fine. danger you risk about telling him is that he's he now gets to be not just embarrassed when he gets home, but embarrassed the entire time. Maybe he's so embarrassed that he abandons those poor kids. Oh, man, yeah. think of that. I didn't think of that. You know what? You're right. Let him have the embarrassment later when he realizes what, what's happened. Embarrassment is coming either way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and his so wife you might looked, as well let the kids have their game. Yeah. <laughs> and they and the kids didn't care. They didn't know. They had no idea. Mm-hmm. They barely know what they're where they are or what they're doing. So Right. <clears throat> all right. This is I feel better about this. Think of the children like biocast. Always think, think of, of the, the kids. Always think of the kids. Uh, I also got a text last night in anticipation of your uh guest hosting duties here today. Oh, great. This is from Keen, I guess you would say it. K E E Y N. Is that how you'd no, say that sounds name? Sounds like I don't know. It's probably maybe it's Welsh and it's actually pronounced like coffee or something. Kaya, those guys, the Welsh man. <laughs> uh, key, uh, maybe Kean. I don't know. Anyway, hey Scott, I hear Bobby will be on the show with you today. Can you ask him about the Big Bang? Thanks. Love the show though, Kean. So this is like saying, "Hey, I heard you're going to have I don't know name anybody." And then saying, can you please have them talk about one of the most complicated theories slash concepts slash scientific truths of all time? Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Or, or like, just ask him about something like, hey, I heard you're going to have Tom on the show. Could you ask him about uh, cell phones? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just such a generalized <laughs> question. It's like, can you ask um, about the, the one... Can you talk about the Big Bang? Maybe he meant the Big Bang Theory, the television show. Maybe that's what he means. Yeah, maybe he just. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I you don't want to hear me talk about that because I'll make people mad because I don't. I hate that show. I can't um, stand that show. I can't. Okay, stand maybe I won't it. make people mad then. Let me make. Let me make talking. them mad. Let me just say that that show panders to nerds in a way that I am not comfortable with. I like, don't even think it panders to nerds. I think it panders to people who who think they who aren't nerds who who think yes. they know it. Uh, like every joke I, I'm almost offended by all the jokes on that show. Yeah, no, it, if I find it to be um uh what's the word? Like just because they know certain references doesn't give them carte blanche to make it yeah. seem like nerds are the worst people ever or whatever. And look, I like Penny. All right? She's lovely. Yeah. I like uh some of these actors are fine, you know. Whatever. They can do cool stuff. They've done other cool things since this. I just think that show is for people. You know what it's like watching a uh, it's like watching a hospital show for us. We watch that and we don't think about all the stuff they get wrong. Right. Or, or police procedurals or law and order or whatever. They they're so like dumbed down for general public that if you're an actual public prosecutor or defender, or if you're an actual cop, or if you're an actual whatever doctor, you see these things, you just kind of I roll for 45 minutes every week. That's right. that's what I think this is like. And if you truly are a hardcore comic book reader, you love your 40K figurines, you're super into whatever nerdy pursuit you're into, and you watch that show, they're making fun at you, not with you. 
I don't think. Right, right, right. Or fun, fun um, of you is what I meant to say, not at you. I'm making fun at you. That's well, a, I, yeah, I mean, at you, I think is fine because I don't. I never felt like I was being made fun of exactly. Like I, 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 I exaggerate when I said I was feeling offended, but um, it's just every time I watched the show, I was like. I didn't feel I I definitely didn't relate to any of the characters on that show. I think that's part of it. Like someone in the chat says, "Well, I like the IT crowd, and I work in IT, and I love that show." No, IT crowd gets it right. IT crowd doesn't focus on um getting the tech wrong, or they don't screw the tech up all the time. They don't care about the tech. They care about characters and what those characters do when they interact with each other. That's different than they don't just go. We're nerds. Look at us. Here's a nerdy thing. Ever heard of Windows? Hey, that's a that's software. That's nerdy. Like that's not the referential humor on IT Crowd or a number of any other number of places or comedies or even dramas that get that stuff right. Where they yeah. get it wrong, it's it's like what's it like? It's like I don't know. Sheldon going off about the Green Lantern or some shit, and it's just something about the way they do it. And it also felt like there was a shot clock on nerd jokes every episode. Like, you know, like, you gotta go, gotta go, can't go more than 25 seconds without a, without a poking fun at nerds punchline. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Someone in the chat says low hanging fruit. I agree. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's all, that's all it was. It, it just felt like a bunch of non nerdy people writing. Uh, I don't know. It just, and I know that that's not true because I know, and I, and every time I complain about it with people who are fans of the show, they they give plenty of examples of how the show probably is good, and they they think it's it's great and everything. It just never clicked with me. I, I never got past like the first season. Is all it is. Every time people are giving me examples of how it's great, it's always like, well, in season thirty five, mm. I know it's not that many, no. but I'm like, man, I don't have. I didn't have the patience to get past the first season, so I'm not connected. I'm not like they did not draw me in. So. No, no, it's a it's for me. It's a bummer to all those who love the show and binge it yeah. fortnightly. I am, I am not saying anything negative your direction. I'm not. Uh, I'm but not the real Big you. Bang was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, right? It was a big old bang, and it did some stuff. It's still just a, yeah. so we can't um, like a lot of science things get the theory tag for a long time because they're hard to prove, right? Or they're hard well, to definitively so let's, prove. If you want to actually talk about science, we have to get our terminology correct. Theories are pretty robust. A theory is something that is developed after lots of evidence has been collected and formed into the theory. Gravity is a theory. The theory of gravity, okay? Oh, um, I thought that would be right? law by now. No, we, don't we just... I mean, I I can drop a thing. Watch, well, a watch law this. and a theory are not... Necessarily yeah. distinct. A law is a law is a description, a ma- like a sort of a mathematical description about how the how how the world works, how how the universe works, right? Yeah. So there's a law of thermodynamics, which is just like a mathematical description of how how energy exchanges and stuff like that, right? Right. Um, but a theory is after so you collect a bunch of data after you make a bunch of observations about how something works and then or how something happened and and after enough evidence has 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 been collected and after enough um attempts at describing something have been made then you can collect all of that into a theory and the theory is like one of the strongest like it's a very strong as long as the theory stands the test of time mm. it's a strong collection of of ways of describing how something works so when somebody um, says somebody says to you 
Well, that defies the the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. When you say why, like, why isn't gravity considered a law of physics? Well, there's <laughs> a law of gravity. It's it's a uh, it's but it's the mathematical descriptions. It's a collection of mathematical descriptions about how gravity works. Okay. The theory of gravity is is more like a description of 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 why it exists and and how why it, it exists in the first works. place and why why it it's, even it's not so yeah. much yeah it's more like how it works rather than a description of what's happening that that may be a better way to put it a law is a description of what's happening very detailed and mathematical usually yeah uh, whereas a theory is an, is an attempt at explaining how it works well right? all we know for sure is a thing blew up there you know and it was real hot and stuff and then it expanded, and then uh, and then we got the show, the comedy show. Yeah, it started as a Big singularity. Yeah, this is the cool thing about the Big Bang is that everything started as an infinitesimally small point. There was no, there was no time. There was no mass. There was no gravity. None of the fundamental forces existed. This is, and but how? how? Is that possible? No, nobody's really Nobody sure. Knows That's that. what people are trying to figure out. That's why they're building these big long telescopes and throwing them into space and trying to look back in time to as far back as they can. Like, you know what? I learned something about string theory yesterday. Do you want to know what I learned? Because I always just I, assume, I always want to know what you're learning. I, I had it all wrong. I thought, well, I still don't have it all right, but <laughs> I thought <laughs> string theory was this idea that there was like all this interconnected stuff, like the universe is a bunch of interconnected dimensions. And oh, that yeah. you could jump, you know, the idea is you could jump from one dimension. This is what I thought. This is not what it is. Sure, 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 sure. But then I watched a guy describe it. And he says, if you back up a bit with your camera and I hold this this piece of string, you're seeing a two-dimensional line. You're seeing a line. Yeah. But if you get closer to it, then you use 3D, this 3D photography stuff to do it. But you get closer to that string and you realize it's sort of cylindrical. And if you got really tight to it, I mean, you could camera pan around the edges of the cylindrical, you know, long tube. And it's got grooves and dents and, and protrusions and, and all this stuff. And if you were a small ant, you could crawl around the, the ring of the thing. Sure. You're no longer seeing it as this long line. You're seeing it as lots and lots of little micro spaces that yeah. you could call a dimension of this string. And it blew my mind. I went. I listened to that for about a half an hour and was just like, I'd never thought of it, any of this this way. No one's described it before, I guess. And none of my teachers were this cool. That, so this that seems like a pretty interest. That seems like a general description of how how dimensions can dimensionality can be different based on your perspective and and your ability to perceive to perceive it. Yeah, which is his whole point because he's like, well, we can't see, we can't see. You know, we can only see so far in or down or out, you know, like whatever your right. dimension you're aiming for, you can only see so far with where we're at today. But it's also a lot. We're, we're looking at things much closer and deeper than we ever have. And so it's, it's so we are getting we're getting better and better at seeing it. But the idea that there's there are underlying dimension dimensions and dimension. How do you put it? Dimensionality. He used a word. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the word. Uh, to everything around us that we just cannot, per- we just don't have the, the ability to perceive them. Right. Any more than right. like the ant who's crawling around, he may have this great perception of the roundness of this thing up close going in a circle in its circumference, but it has no concept of the length of this line 
whereas other perspectives are all you see is the length of the of the yeah. line and you'll never see you know what the that's answer the cool is thing that's the cool thing about studying physics and in and in a broader sense studying like advanced math is that you start to realize that really the way we we think we understand everything and we think that this is the way it is and it's always the way it is you know addition subtraction multiplication you know algebra it's really a very narrow way of looking at how how to perceive everything and um and and even even simple geometry like like if you we think for example a square is made up of four right angles right right and a triangle is made up of three angles that have to be less than 90 degrees, right? Hmm. Because they can't be right, like, uh, together. You can have, anyway, the point is, like, f- you can't make three 90-degree turns and then have a triangle, except for if you're on a curved surface. Hmm. That's so interesting. Like, if you're on the surface of the Earth, you can start at the equator, walk straight north to the North Pole, Right, then make a ninety degree turn, and then you'll be back at the equator, and then make another ninety degree turn, and you'll be back where you started. That was three ninety degree turns, and you just made a triangle. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. But that's just an, a simple example of understanding how, like, like really, it's just math and and any of our understanding of all of these things. They're just imperfect ways of describing the world, and they're and they're tools that are used to describe. Our experiences and they only are useful insofar as they are useful if right. that makes sense right yeah and right now i feel like we should both be uh smoking weed talking about this <laughs> that's what i think should be yeah going man on. yeah not that we are youtube we're not look nothing it's not even legal here well it's not legal where you live either no right <laughs> no weed we're weed free zone uh all right i also got one more thing does a listener call and i want to play it because uh it's just I feel like this person is willing to share their embarrassment so why wouldn't we air it okay they intend for this to go (laughs) on the air this was in response to a news story we did about the Delta flight where the guy pooped up and down the aisle on the Delta flight it was awful oh yeah Um, anyway this guy's experience is not great either so here this is glitch and I wanted to share my horrible airplane story I threw up on a businessman in first class as soon as we boarded the plane. So they had everyone, all the early people come in. I got up, just barfed all over the guy, threw my CD player at the captain, and then ran off the plane. Hope you enjoy. Bye. Threw a CD player at the captain. That's incredible. He didn't say. It sounds like he was probably young, like maybe a 10 or 12-year-old or something. I don't know. I don't know what adult male would, uh, man or woman would throw their CD player at the at the pilot to distract them from what they had just done to this poor businessman. <laughs> it's pretty funny. People though. do weird things when they're embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I had a, I have a friend. It's also a barfing story. Oh, I have a friend who is who got a who got um got really drunk at a bar. Yeah, that and uh, and they went to you know they're starting to feel pretty nauseous. Uh, because they had been drinking too much, so went to sure. the bathroom to to take care of that. You go into the, you don't want to do that in the urinal. You go into the to the toilet. Oh, hold on, this is good to, clarification. To I'll re- I'll remember this. This is important. <laughs> yeah, just okay. so you know, don't barf in the urinal. Sure, it's not good for you or anyone else. It's not shaped in a. It's going to come right back at you. I bet. Like this splash. Back. Nothing about oh. yeah. Nothing about a urinal is designed for the barfing. You go to a barfinal yeah. or whatever, uh, uh, yeah. vom- vomit vomitorium or something else. Don't do it yeah. there. 
So he goes into the bathroom. It's you know sometimes when you're off rushing off to the bathroom to to hork, it's it's you got no time. You got to get there, right? Yeah, you got to hurry up. Yep. So he's running off, especially if you're at a bar. You're not trying to spend time hanging out at the toilet in in a bar hanging when you're with your friends. So you're waiting until the last second. Like no, there's no a, I don't I can, have any other choice. I can name a thousand places I would rather be than a barroom toilet. Yeah, those are the worst toilets. Um, so uh, so so waits till the last second. He's running into the to the bathroom. He throws open the door, finds the closest stall, throws open the stall door, and then and just as soon as he gets the door open, he just. Uh, it just spew comes out of his mouth. There's a guy in there, isn't there? So he, immediately he oh. sees that there's someone sitting on the toilet. Okay. Oh my gosh, dude. Barfs all over this guy who is sitting on the toilet. It gets worse. His reaction to that is not to run away. Well, it is to run away, but first he punches the guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then runs out of the bar. <laughs> but I just... That poor guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Toilet. See, that's a little Mind like the CD business. player. Maybe it's a desperate thing you do. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know what else to do. I've just done the worst thing to another person. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I punch him. I throw the CD player at him. I'll smack, take a shoe off, and hit him in the head. Like I don't know. Maybe this is all making sense now. <laughs> that is. I just want to find that guy and just like he's he's telling this his version of the story on another podcast right now. Oh, like yeah, like oh, I was just minding my own business. Some dude throws open the door, pukes on me, and then decks me, and then he leaves. <laughs> that guy will never forget it. He'll never forget this experience, and either of them will ever yeah. forget it. But the one who was the recipient, that'll live for you. You'll never yeah. shake it. That's what with a you gift. forever. Oh, right? it's a true, truly a, a great <laughs> gift, a spiritual, physical gift like none other. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna do some quick news and uh, get prepared for the break where we're gonna do some other fun stuff. And uh, let's start that with this. Today's news is brought to you by a show called All Around Science. Hey, Bob, you might be familiar with that show. Why don't you tell people uh, about it real quick and where it is? I have heard about this show all around science. I hear that if you're even remotely interested in science, if you just think science is cool, maybe you have a cocktail party interest in science, then all around science is perfect for you because that's what it is. It's two hosts, myself and my co-host, Mora, who aren't science experts. We just love science. We're not scientists. We're just enthusiasts. And and we just get on there and talk about the things that we're interested in science news and what we just think is cool about science and try to explain it as simply as possible to to other people so that you can also be excited about how science is always changing and cool things are happening in science all the time so all around science just nice. just go listen to it yeah give it your give it your all get in there <laughs> put it in your ears play it you know how this works i don't have to explain yeah. this to people oh i'm so happy by the way to report something and they'll hear it when i say it uh, the Google problems. Google Podcasts is a janky directory. It's a pain to work with. Um, I hope they improve. I don't know what their plans are, but there are enough of you who listen via Google Podcasts, which should be, honestly, it should be a massive force in the podcast world. There's no reason that Spotify, Apple, and everybody else just completely destroys them. Google has the wherewithal to be a go-to uh, location for podcasting, but their stuff sucks. Anyway, Long and the short of it, those who like using it, and I'm not I'm not disparaging you, good news. All the feeds are working again with Google Podcasts, including this one. But Yippee. there was a couple of days there where things were a little off the wacko. 
but we I, I worked it out and mostly through robots and very little interaction with human beings i figured it out and worked it out anyway let's move to this story here a finnish man uh was pissed off with tesla so he blew his up he blew up his tesla uh, boy, he boy did he finish that transact? Fin- get it? Finish that transaction? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna show this video. Is, this, this is the uh, this is privilege at its height. It is a pretty privilegey thing to do. So he's annoyed with the company. Oh, geez, look at that. Okay, so Chad, this is the video. That's his. You can see all the the bomb stuff strapped to it. I oh think that's God. just dynamite. I don't actually know. And this is up in some mountain in Finland with all the snow and stuff. Describing it for audio listeners. I'm going to hit play. Let me see. Can I get audio out of it? Let me see if it's got sound. I don't know. Okay, let's try. Okay, here we go. Wow. That's like a Mythbusters thing. Yeah. Oh, they're all laughing. Whoa, there it is again. Jeez. I don't know, man. Like, if you got the money for a Tesla and... I know. Maybe you're annoyed. They don't get into it. Well, do they? Maybe they get into it. They don't. They don't say why he's mad at Tesla. He's just mad. Maybe he's mad about Twitter. Maybe he's mad at Elon Musk for some other reason. Maybe maybe he found out his wife had three kids with Musk without telling anyone. I don't know. You never know these days. <laughs> um, but he didn't, he didn't say. But I guess if you got the money, I don't know. There are worse things to blow up, I guess, Bobby. I don't know. I don't know. There- I, I would have loved that Tesla. If you're so mad with it, you could have given. Yeah, it to send me. it to us. We could use the, that Tesla. <laughs> they're nice. Yeah. They're they're good. They're, they're decent. What I really want is, um, we were talking about electrics yesterday. Kim and I on the phone. She's still in Mississippi. She gets home tonight. You can probably tell. I'm just so ready for her to come home. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, we were talking about you know electrics, and if we ever did an electric car, what would it be? And I'm leaning like. Not none of my choices are Teslas right now. They're all like the Ionic thing from uh, who's making that? Is that Hyundai? Anyway, uh, that, that, uh, that, I'll that, get a Tesla. I'd be happy to get a Tesla. Well, I'd be happy if someone handed me one. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be happy. They're expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But but if money were less of an issue, then I'd be happy to have a Tesla. They're pretty cool cars yeah my brother-in-law just got one it's real nice yeah it's got the he my sister hates the um the doors that lift up like the lamborghini style side doors things yeah she hates those so bad every time i talk to her hey how's the car oh it's great but i hate those doors and i don't know why she hates them i think she thinks it makes her feel weird in a parking lot she'll open those up and get stares and looks and she doesn't like that yeah that might that might take me some time to get over um because because i might feel like a a douche, you know, yeah. opening up my <laughs> my my crazy uplifting. There's a term for those. What is it, something like wings or something? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know what you call those. Although I did see There's... somebody accidentally pop them while I was driving in a Tesla <laughs> and took a corner and off? didn't know they were out. And they they kind of stick out. And this higher, taller bus came by. This may have been in Europe where they have a lot of tall buses. I don't remember, but it just grinded that that thing right off. Oh my god! It was really bad, and they claim that it did gull a lot. wing doors. That was called okay. Everyone he, in the chat. He thinking. he claims the guy in the video claims that the they went they popped on their own, and that the it malfunctioned and the doors opened and shouldn't have opened. And anyway, I don't know if that's all true or not. But I'm tempted, like on the electric front, I'm not that worried about. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't want to road trip the country in one. 
that isn't the idea. The idea for me is like we use so much running around around town with our car now. I would love to be able to do that without, you know, in a car that doesn't use gas. So let's do like the Nissan Leaf or some shit, you know? Yeah. I don't need uh, what's the shit. The newer, the newer Chevy Volts are supposed to be pretty good or Bolt, Volt, Bolt, whatever it is. Um, And then the other one that, I, that looks interesting is what did I say? Oh, the new uh, Volkswagen thing. I think a leaf though. I'm I lean leaf. Or you know what? Honda, give me a pure electric uh Civic. I'd drive the shit out of that. Those are my favorite cars. I had a Civic for 20 years and never needed anything done to it. Love that car. Yeah. Yeah, there uh it's it's um more so every year it's more uh more plausible than ever. To, to be electric. It used to be for a long time people were like, oh, the range wasn't good enough. The range is fine now. No, the range is um, great. The range is better than some gas cars as yeah, far as full even tanks if it's not there, it's, Then it was like, oh, the infrastructure isn't good enough. No, the infrastructure is there. You, you can... The chargers like, just, everywhere. Yeah, just go to the... Not that I'm trying to plug Tesla or anything like that. I don't really care, but it, I know that Tesla has a tool on their website you can go on and plan a trip. Like, they've got a map. You know, yeah. you say from here to here. And yeah. any electric car, you, you can get an, at least with an adapter, you can use a t- one of the electric Tesla Yeah, we had a, a Vegas, it wasn't this year, I guess it was last year that they came, or uh, yeah, 2022. But anyway, they brought their, what's those trucks called? Uh, EV, not EVNs, Avian, or, or uh, whatever it is. It's a really expensive yeah. electric truck company. I can't remember the name. Um, I don't know why I remember that. Anyway, he had one of those, and he had he had to have Rivian, that's it. He had to have this adapter. It was like a little dongle thing in his car so that it would work with the stations that were Tesla, the stations that were some other connector. Like no one's ever, yeah. no one's ever decided on a, on a connector standard. Um, Tesla would like you to use their connector standard, but it's a little bit yeah, like... Yeah, did you know that Musk named it, um, th- th- his connector standard, he named it like American standard or something like that. Oh, really? <laughs> Wow, and there was kind of another standard already, and then they switched to it. I swear he was just manipulating. Well, I mean, you know, it's like it. Apple. Apple wanted uh, Lightning cables to be the hot. Yeah. Everybody used it thing, and that never worked even for them. But it's like if Apple had called instead of calling it Lightning cable, they called it uh, uh, charging standard. <laughs> the char- <laughs> the international charging standard known as Lightning. Yeah, yeah. well, they probably kind of did internally. Um, anyway. Yeah. So that Finnish guy no longer has that car. I'm sure he's driving something else now. Good good on him, I suppose. Uh, final story. Kellogg is ditching its cereal business, Herald's The Slow Death of Sugar for Breakfast. Uh, which is... What? I, I never thought about this before, but I guess you just... You're eating a bowl of sugar. That's really what you're doing. But anyway, for decades, American retailers and experts extolled the virtues of shoveling processed grains into your digestive system every morning. But the age of cereal is over. A decline marked by junk food giant Kellogg who is, quote, ditching its cereal business, unquote, as the Wall Street Journal describes the company's decision to split into two parts. Uh, In recent weeks, executives from Kellogg and Post, that's the other giant uh, cereal magnet thing, uh, separately said that they expect the cereal industry to return to its pre-pandemic trend of gradual decline, with sales ranging from flat to down by a low single-digit percentage per year. What is to be done? Well, Kellogg, the home of uh, faded but possibly still iconic cereal ambassadors Tony the Tiger and Toucan Sam, (laughs) has the most radical solution. 
Make it somebody else's problem. Next month, the company will spin off its North American cereal division into an entirely new company to be named W.K. Kellogg after its founder who invented modern cereal over a century ago. This will leave Kellogg's top management to focus on more attractive snacking uh, segments uh, with brands such as Pringles and Cheez-Its and so on. They own all that crap. Uh, so yeah, they're they're uh, this doesn't this isn't them getting out of the business. They're spinning it off. Yeah. This headline is is one of those headlines that if you just read the headline, then you not only know nothing about what the what is actually happening, but you might actually know the opposite of what's actually happening. You may know you learn less <laughs> by reading yeah, just the headline. You undid some actual knowledge in your brain by reading just the headline. Yeah, that's but, this is this of course it's so slow death of sugar for breakfast. BS first of all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, cereal might be going by the wayside with other alternatives and everything, but there is definitely going to be a floor for that. Cereal is so we like to eat other things than cereal here in our house just because variety and and better helpful options, but we still always buy cereal because sometimes you just need a quick bowl of cereal. Sometimes you need a bowl of cereal. You're right. Yeah. Also, it's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there are going to be some people who have to buy cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's such a there's there's going to be a floor to that. And also they're not clearly not ditching the business. It, they they describe it in the article. They're just spinning it off into another yeah. If anything, company. <clears throat> if anything, they're they're just reorganizing. Yeah. If anything, if this is a, this is a sign of them saying we're doubling down for the long haul and we're doing it. That's kind of like how Alphabet split out from you know google's now a subsidiary of alphabet <clears throat> same with youtube and everything else like there's reasons why that's a benefit that didn't mean that youtube was down or that google was struggling it didn't it didn't mean those things that means there's advantages mostly financial to doing this so i, I yeah, yeah. The, the headlines up and up i don't pretend butt. to understand why corporations restructure but they do it all the time for tax and and revenue reasons yeah mostly those two yeah. reasons those are it so yeah. go ahead. I love cereal, by the way. Yeah. That is my one guilty pleasure. When we do leftovers nights here at the house, yeah. all the kids eat leftovers. I eat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love a big bowl of, uh, what was that called? Uh, honey Bunches of Oats. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's better for you than most, right? But uh, when I was a kid, it was all about Captain Crunch and freaking... Uh, Tony or uh, Frosted Flakes, <laughs> Frosted Tony, Tony, Tony the Frosted Flake. Um, yeah, He's cereal flaky. is cereal is more like a dessert. It's more like a if you look at it that way, then just don't eat it all. Don't eat it all the time. Nobody's saying eat it all the time, but also avoid things like you know Fruit Loops. It's just what even is that? What are you eating? How's yeah, that? that's not one of my favorites. We do keep it around. The kids like it. Um, and when I say Fruit Loops and everything, we always we actually only get the like multo meal giant bag versions of all the cereals yeah the cheapo um, bags yeah that's the way yeah, to do those it those boxes are too small yeah too small yeah. and kind of expensive they're more expensive than the yeah. bag and they're at least half the size yeah but then you, um, you end up with brands like happy little o's or <laughs> what's my favorite one of the it's a uh, it, oh, man it's like um I can't remember any of them all of a sudden, but they're like, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, what's the, it's not, oh man. It's like soft drinks. The the marshmallow one. What's the marshmallow? Oh, uh, uh, that's Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, right? Yeah. But the one that we get is uh, Marshmallow Mateys. Oh, Marshmallow Mateys. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> That's like getting Dr. Thunder instead of Dr. Pepper. That's or, exactly. Uh, mountain Lion. <laughs> mountain Lion instead of Mountain Dew. I love alternate FACO uh, things like that. Half the time, that stuff's made in the same damn place anyway, so it doesn't even matter. They're just making money yeah, it twice. Yeah, it's called... There's a whole economic term for that in capitalism. It's all uh, artificial competition or something. Yeah, like that. it's it's a whole thing, but yeah. I, I'm a fan. <laughs> I like it. Like, yeah. uh, like uh, off-brand Altoids are like, you know... I don't know. They, <laughs> I forgot what they call them. My wife buys them, and they taste just like Altoids, but they're called something else like... Totaloids or t- t- Alta Alta Altas or something something like that, and I'm <laughs> right. convinced that the same damn people make it. They just changed the name. My kids only know the the weird big bag versions of the cereals though. So if we if we get like a box of of uh, Lucky Charms, they just call it Marshmallow Mateys. Oh well, then you've done the right thing. You've changed. You've yeah. you've single handedly reversed an entire generation's. Uh, dependence on marshmallow-based cereal. Nice job. All cereal. I know we're about to move on, but an observation I just thought about yeah. is that um, that's what breakfast really is—just different forms of carbs and sugar, right? Like for the most part. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, there's sausage and bacon and stuff and eggs, but but for the for the most part, like what you think about as a breakfast food is like donuts, right? Or waffles, or pancakes, or cereal, or Oatmeal, right? Or, I don't know. <laughs> I like uh, I like me some eggs, some scrambled eggs, a little bit of bacon in the morning. Mm. Yeah, turkey bacon, better yet. Even I actually prefer turkey bacon, which I know makes me a bit of a, you know, pariah. For no, I like turkey bacon pretty. I like it a lot too. It's uh, it's less greasy and it's easier to get crispy. Yeah, it's better for you. Eat more turkey, everyone. Speaking of turkey, we're going to do a little cold turkey and and uh, and uh, break the show up and here then with a invite a turkey onto the show. That's exactly what that we're going to do. Uh, Dan Dan the Tabletop Man's coming up after the break. Before we do that, though, we got a song Brian prepared and had all set for me, which I really appreciate. Uh, this is an indie in the middle for a song called California. California. Uh, not that song, though. And um, this is by, let me find the band here. Um, oh, He's Dead is the name of the band and the new LP Pretty. Uh, they got a whole tour going on. A bunch of a bunch of new songs just got released, including uh, some video content. And uh, this single is called California. Uh, these guys sound rad. Brian, in particular, in his email to me about this, was very excited. He said, this is so good in all caps. So this must be awesome. All right, so plant your butt down. Enjoy the following song. And we'll be back shortly. We'll see you in a sec. I can't tell you won't. On my body Is that looking invitation For us to start a party in here Cause I get you in my ear out Get you in my room out Bet you won't this Cause I'll be feeling it soon And you'll be feeling it too out Bet you won't this California love me 
And we're back, everyone. That, once again, was the song California by the band Oh, He's Dead from their new LP, Pretty. And they are on tour now, so go check them out. Uh, I love it. All right, Bobby, uh, we're back. Oh, you ran somewhere. Did you have to carafe yourself? What happened there? Did you? Uh... Oh, no, I've emptied the carafe into my bladder. Oh, So fantastic. I was then emptying my bladder into the toilet. Into the carafe. Oh, no. All right. I got you. Yeah, that's how they do it in Waterworld, you know. They, yeah, uh, they right back into the carafe. <laughs> <laughs> they got to. They have to preserve all the all the pee. That's the rule. Yeah. Of Waterworld. Um, okay, let's let's dive into some Dan time. Um, let's see. His geek jock name always eludes me. There we go. Uh, we'll bring him in here. We'll talk about a couple of things, including. Um, I want to talk to him about that that recall we talked about with you yesterday. So we're gonna do a little bit oh, of that. Yeah. Get a little of science behind that. But before all that, we're going to play this right here. Here's a tangent for you. Be careful. May cause drowsiness. Dan, Dan, the tabletop man. How you doing, dude? What's going on? Greetings programs, uh, or or should I say gobble gobble? Well, you could I'm say a, that. I'm do a turkey you, coming in here. Do you, like a tur- you like a little turkey alternatives? You know, you, you enjoy you that? Know what? Yeah. Um, 
I'm a meatitarian. I just like meat. I don't care if it's turkey, chicken, most meats. I mean, obviously, there's some weird stuff going on with uh, some of the sausages of the world, but I'm a big fan of just steak, meat, chicken. You know, I mix in a few things that might be green every now and then, but I'm, uh, I am I try to avoid some. Arby's but, marketing yeah. really speaks to you. Yeah, right? we've got <laughs> <Absolutely>. the meats. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but That's I did great. want to talk real quick. Um, you guys were talking about cereal before we get too far from that. Yeah, yeah. So about the, you know, the sugars and things like that. So, you know, in our country, we've gotten such a bad stigma in the last 20 years, you know, somewhat rightfully so, but then everything just goes to extreme about sugar. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everybody in the world is like, sugar's bad, sugar's bad. Well, let's, let's, let's bring it all back. So we're talking about cereals and I don't know if you guys remember a lot of the marketing, uh, especially, um, I mean, Bobby, you're, you're, I think you're about 12 when it comes to me and Scott age. Like when we were growing <laughs> up, you know, we had a, the advertisement was always, um, it's great as part of a complete breakfast. Yeah, Remember every time, yeah. They would show a screen oh. that would be like, so let's say it was Fruit Loops or something like that. They would show a a uh, part of the commercial, part of the video would be a spread on a table that had the box of cereal, a little bowl full of it with milk in it and a spoon, and then it would pan out and say part of a complete breakfast, and it would be like a spread from a hotel, like <laughs> toast and eggs and, and, and an bacon. Entire continental and, breakfast. Yeah, the whole thing yeah. is there. Juice, you know, another an extra thing of, of milk, like some kind of crazy thing that would never, by the way, happen in any of my cereal consumption moments of my life ever. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, I don't have a uh, I don't have a whole grapefruit and a and a, and a big uh, jar of milk and 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 everything else that they've got. But right. so what what that always meant was kind of. Your body does need sugar. I mean, it, it's a basic building block. And and a lot of times they're marketing a lot of these things, especially in breakfast. You want a complete breakfast because, you know, you need your fats, you need your sugars, you need your fiber. You need a little bit of everything, you know, your grains and such to go out for the day. So a lot of times, especially I'll call them olden days, you know, you would think you get up in the, in the morning, you have a big breakfast and you're going out to, you know, the, the fields or, you know, school and things like that. Like you're going to do physical activity or your brain's going to be working. If you're a kids, you know, at school and, and working hard and, and getting, using that stuff as fuel, sure. they're not really, you, know, you shouldn't be having even, even a bowl of, uh, you know, even a bowl of Fruit Loops while not great, it's still participating in the complete breakfast. Like, Obviously, you want to don't don't get a lot of sugars from other area, but you know even that's fine. But I don't want to. I don't want to say eat fruit loops every day. I'm a big uh, I'm a big Cheerio uh, Honey Nut Cheerios guy. Oh, I love Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, Honey Nuts Honey Nuts got less sugar than most though, which surprised right. me because I thought, oh well, it's Honey Nut. This is their version of a sugary cereal, so of course it's full right. of sugar, and it does yeah. have sugar, but it's nothing, not even close. Like it's less sugar than Honey Bunches of Oats. It's <laughs> less sugar than. Um, uh, what was that? My dad was really into a certain kind of total, and that total had more sugar in it. Than, That's crazy, uh, you know. Yeah. And it's funny when you actually you go in uh, and you read labels in the stores. Like and you have to look at what serving sizes are and how many servings are in uh, in a box or in things like that. So, and what you're actually getting because you may be saying, "Oh, well, this is a bowl of cereal." You know, your bowl is three times the normal consumption of a person, so you're not really you're getting way more than you should be getting. You know, in some instances. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so there was, I, I talked about this on a show uh, a few months ago where it was like the the, filled that, the food that built America. Yeah. It was on like History Channel. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've got a really good one. I think they did one on uh, bread when they started enriching bread and stuff like that. And they did a really good one on kind of cereal and how, you know, 50, 70 years ago, it just re- revolutionized nutrition in, in the country because they were able to pack in so many vitamins and minerals that people didn't get every day. Mm. Especially yeah. not 
Um, I don't want to. I don't want to generalize poor, but the country wasn't what we are now. Like yeah. we're we're like a fat nation because we got way too much money and way too much food. Back then, nobody <laughs> had money, so not everybody had a lot of food. Yeah. Because you know, because they weren't able to get, and they didn't, they certainly didn't have a lot of vitamins. So this was just the cereal industry was revolutionizing uh, nutrition, and and it just, of course, every good thing gets bad with with too much. You know, yeah, like, you got to you got to moderate, man. That's the deal, right? That's been- true, though. You can um, most cereals, even the sugary ones, most cereals are fortified. Um, mm-hmm. So you can. It may be not a great idea because you're not getting a lot of variety, but you're getting you are getting a lot of. Uh, nutrition and that's why i made the point that that they that there are a lot of people who need cereal because it's a cheap way to get you know the stuff they need real quick in the morning yep. and um because they don't have a lot of money with the generics there's nothing wrong yeah. with those because it's the same thing and like you said a lot of times they're made in the same factory and it's just another way mm-hmm. because you'd be surprised how much money uh they still make off of like the brand companies even make off of their generics um of course i bring everything back to drugs yeah. Uh, because being a drug dealer, I've got to bring everything back to drugs here. <laughs> so a lot of times when things, when, when medications go generic and usually have whatever it is, 15 to 17 years, depending on the type of med, sometimes when there's me too meds where it's just basically just another dosage, you, you know, you don't have as much of a patent. Anyway, when something goes generic, usually in the first six months, only one person will be, get the exclusive rights to make that generic. So mm. it's just really easy for the brand company who owns three different generic companies to just go ahead and make it, and they're still kind of charging a lot, even though it's generic, it's not quite as much as the brand. Sometimes you'll even open up the bottles, and this is, was hilarious when we used to work, you know, I worked retail pharmacy. You would open up the bottle of this generic drug, and you'd pour, you know, the generic bottle, you pour it in to, to count them out, and it would be like, it would say Concerta right there. It's, mm, it's right. generic, right. methylphenidate ER, but it just says Concerta right there, because it's just, just as cheap for them. To just throw it in those bottles for the next six months, sure, and then sell it for just kind of a profit, and then more insurance companies are paying for it. It's it's a very the whole generic, uh, you know, the, the whole industry is just fascinating. Why why does it take so many years? I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe this isn't a lot in this time scale of pharmacology, but it's it feels like fifteen years is a long time for something to go from from not to generic. You know what I'm saying? So, well, that's just all, uh, you have exclusivity, like the FDA gives you those rights as kind of a patent thing. Um, yeah. okay. So oh, it's, right. it's gotta be, it's, it's more patent thing than anything else. And then after that expires, and it's kind of like that in a, in a many industries. And I think the years are, are probably a little bit different for every industry, but it's, it's all about that. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And then, and then there's a lot of things. Some, some companies will do like what they call patent extenders is what we call them because basically they're just changing the molecule just a little bit and they're getting another five right. years off of their drug, which should have been generic. That seems, that seems lame. I don't like that. That's, a, very lame. that's a practice. And then there's also, like. what's the, I know my wife, my wife's also a pharmacist and she's t- talked about this before and I can't remember what it is, but there's, there are branded generics, right? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of times, uh, and famous, uh, so easy ones for most people out there to recognize are, there are a lot of things for where you take doxycycline for your, uh, for acne. Yeah. So there are, uh, there's a doxycycline, a low strength doxycycline that's called Dorix. So it's basically just a branded generic. <laughs> it sounds like dorks. Uh, that's not cool. It, it really is. It's like in, uh, it's just a lower strength than what some of the generics come out. And then they're able. And then when you do that, sometimes that's when a lot of times you don't get as long of uh, a patent. As the others, but these poor these, kids, oh. man, walking around high school with their pizza face, and they have to use dorks. Uh, 
That sucks. Anyway, sorry. Can't get and over then, that. And what's interesting too is, um, and, and again, this is the, the, the pharmaceutical industry is, is nuts. Sometimes after a drug's been generic for a while, and then there's these branded generics, the brand and the generic is cheaper than the branded generic, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Uh, it's just all the pricing and, you know, oh, and that's okay. why, yeah. you know, that's why like uh, when they talk about like Pharma Bro and stuff like that, like he didn't do anything that hadn't been done a million times. He just did it to such an extent and had, and he was such an ass about it. Yeah. And he did it kind of, he did it quickly is the other thing. Usually sometimes the stuff takes longer or it's spread out over time or they, you know, they're, they're actually kind of subtle about their Tom shittery, but his, his, his version was like, do it overnight, screw the old people or whatever his thing was. I don't remember. Well, and, and the thing was he, he did it to a drug that like, nobody uses for anything mm. and then he just happened to do it uh you know there was maybe a disease state that like less than a thousand people in the country ever even have or or use and it was a drug that like basically nobody ever did he paid pretty much i think he bought up like every ounce mm. of that material and then just said you know what instead of uh you know instead of 40 cents a tablet which it probably should be and then i'm charging you five bucks a tablet i'm gonna charge you Seven hundred dollars a tablet. Yeah, because I think it was also a life-saving drug too. Is the other problem? Yeah, it's just yeah, made it, less it, it lives. Was for, but for what it was used for. Sure, yeah. sure. That's a yeah. He sucks. That guy can. Uh, well, I guess he's in prison now. So enjoy. Yeah. While you're there. Yeah, there's a lot more. My God, that there's another documentary about him versus the Wu Tang or something like that. That's a funny watch too. That's an interesting watch. <laughs> oh yeah, right. the the Wu Tang <laughs> album. I forgot about that. The yeah. the he had some. Uh, crazy version, like the one vinyl they made or something weird. They produced an album and only made one, I think. That's what it was. Yeah. And then he bought it up and tried to resell it. I got to see that. Is that a doc I can watch somewhere? I want to see that. Oh, yeah. It's it's streaming on a few different things. I'm trying to remember where I streamed it from, but it but it, it's out right. there. I'll look for it. Uh, so many platforms and so many things you want to watch that it's just a matter of, well, where the hell is it? I know. Where is the? <laughs> is it in my World of Warcraft sub? Like, where is this thing that I heard about so much? <laughs> Um, all right, I got a thing somebody sent in I wanted to tell you or read you real quick before we uh, dive into some game recommendations. And that's this. If it's possible and you don't mind, says this reader, this is a text, says, I'd love to see Dan, uh, or love to see if Dan, Dan the Tabletop Matt, had any thoughts on the town I live in. He mentioned he was from Sachem School District? Uh, Sachem, is where, Sachem is where I went to high Sachem. school. I'm from Lake Ronkonkoma. Okay. I went to, uh, but I went to Sachem High School, which which is one of the largest. I My graduating class uh, was 1,302 when I graduated. Whoa. We had like 800. I thought that was a lot. That's Yeah, nothing. we had 900. I thought that was a lot, too. Jeez. Man, you got to beat. <laughs> I, thought, wow. I thought mine was really high. Now two people have beat yeah. me in one four-second period of time. That's insane. Yeah. And, Not and, that it's a con- you know, I mean, in, yeah. The end of June on the end of June in Long Island, do, going through graduation na- uh, names alone took three hours. Oh with my like gosh! Three people doing them. That awful. would die. Would die. I ain't going to your graduation if you guys live out there. For yeah, me. and of course they had it outside in the sun. You, I mean, I'm I'm Italian, so you could imagine the tan I got that day. Oh yeah, dude. I think <laughs> about you all the time right now because I've been rewatching The Sopranos. I'm almost done. I got like three episodes left. It's like my oh, fourth, Uncle Tony, my fourth watch through, and half these people sound like you. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, so he says uh, he went to, so he went to that school district, which is ten minutes from where I live in Patcha. What is Patchog. this? Patchog. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, he's. It's. It actually a, a lot of names on Long Island are, are uh, Native American Indian based. Oh, uh, that's a, like Sachem, okay. You know, the high school I went to Sachem was uh, is what they call an Indian chief. 
Uh, you even see in the last of the Mohegans, uh, he talks to, he calls him the Sashem. Dean Day Lewis is talking to him. So a lot of things in Long Island are all Indian based names. And uh, every, like, so every uh, elementary school in my school district had a different Indian tribe name, which was really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, Patchog and Hopog. A lot, a, lot, a lot of names like that. Is and, Quahog yeah, a I mean, thing? Is that a real place? Quahog and Quahog. There's probably who knows. They may have even made made a Quahog. Like Quahog when they came when I was saw that on TV, I was like, uh, dude, that's got to be a real town in New York somewhere. It sounds real. <laughs> I always assumed it was real, but I don't know. Anyway, he finishes by saying, depending on where you or when you left, it may have been a shithole. But in the last ten years, it has had a huge resurgence. Bustling nightlife, restaurants everywhere. Now that you've uh, done struggling with the word patch hog, he says, uh, it's pa- it says it's patch hog or og like eggnog. Uh, love the show, though. So uh, you didn't leave a name. The, so w- were we talking about it being a shithole when you were there? I don't remember that part of this. No. So there are different towns. So um, it's funny. You know, I, I talk about History Channel all the time. I love watching these shows about, uh, you know, big things that are abandoned and stuff like that. Yeah, I like and that if, too. If you watch those, and, and I swear I got a point to this. So if you watch those, almost everything that you see on a satellite that's gigantic is from World War II. Yeah. It's like it's, almost <laughs> everything is from World War II. So my point to this was, if you remember, the country went through a huge surge in like the 50s and 60s. And there are towns like this all over the Midwest, East Coast, where when everything was like just booming, yeah. all these towns were produced and made. Well, then what happened in the 80s and 90s is they didn't really keep up with them. So all these towns turned into shitholes. Yeah. And there are a lot of towns like this in Long Island and, and, and again, up and down the East Coast and Midwest where they just need revitalization. And what's amazing, and I, I did go home a few years ago, uh, and I think I went to I went to a public house, I think was what it was, in downtown Padraig. And it's amazing. So Padraig is on the South Shore. It's, uh, it's, it's like, it's a basically... Part of it is is kind of a beach town, so they really leaned into that, mm. you know. Uh, and then when they revitalized the downtown, like a lot of these downtowns when they were making them, they're just kind of like the on top of everything. And Long Island is not like that. It like almost looks like uh, like a small city, almost kind of like when you have parts of Brooklyn where there's the downtown is like. Uh, building next to building next to building where it's just kind of a normal row. Whereas a lot of Long Island isn't like that. It's more like kind of malls and everything. But mm. they revitalized their, their kind of their main downtown and they really leaned into kind of that uh, beach excursion or beach town. Because um, if you think of Long Island, the first thing you think of is generally the Hamptons. Oh, now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first thing comes to mind. Well, there's two us. things I think of. of Wait, where's Staten Island in relation to Long Island? Where? That's uh, that's basically by the city. It's it's an island that's right off of kind of next to Brooklyn, off of Long Island. That's kind of your uh, your one stop. Either you're either going into Jersey or into the city. Okay, okay. So when I think of Long Island, I think of Nathan's hot dogs. I think of that Seinfeld episode where they all took a train there. Um, yep. and, G- and Jerry took that guy with his head no clothes on on the train. He he got his clothes back on, and they both went to ride the roller coaster and get hot dogs. And then you, and that's all I have connected to Long Island. I have no other anything other than I know there's a lot of accents. You hear about the Hamptons, but that's it. It feels like we just have stereotypes of Long Island. Right. So you think a lot of today going to Coney Island where you have Nathan's and, um, and I think they still have the hot dog eating contest still in Coney Island, uh, every year. Uh, and that's great. And that's up in Brooklyn. So there's, there's a lot of really cool and, and it's funny. So, um, and, and this is, this is a quick tangent. If you ask anybody in Brooklyn you talk to about Long Island, they they don't even acknowledge the fact that they are actually on Long Island. Mm. Like they think <laughs> that it's a different place really? altogether. That's funny. They're like, no, you realize you are on the island. Yeah. 
That's interesting. See, that's without being there and living there, this is stuff you just don't know. All we get is movies (laughs) and TV, right? We don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, not everybody could go into the Hamptons. So some of these towns that are kind of rebuilding, uh, and there's also like Port Jeff is is basically straight north of Patchogue. And Port Jeff was kind of like one of the first ones that kind of restarted redoing this in the, in the 90s, 2000. It's an, on the North Shore, a good little, I guess it's not a beach town, but it's a sound town. And mm. you take the ferry from uh, Port Jeff over to Connecticut. Uh, there's one of the two ferries. There's an Orient Point Ferry and a, a Port Jeff Ferry. But this is kind of like doing exactly what that did, where it's leaning into kind of revitalization and, you know, millionaires going out to... Uh, you know, the Hamptons, but everybody else wants to go somewhere. So why not have a nice place like either Port Jeff or Patchog? And, and Port and, Jeff and is a Jeff speed. like J-E-F-F, Port Jeff? Well, it's Port Jefferson, so we call it Port Jeff. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's very cool. Oh, yeah. This guy, someone <laughs> named Jeff, famed, uh, a famous Jeff uh, settled there back in the 1800s. And that's crazy. It's, it's right next to Port Bobby. There you go. Mm-hmm. Port Bobby. Don't go there. You'll get science. Anyway, uh, well, that's great. Uh, thank you for that text. And if you ever have questions for our guests, you can always send us texts, of course. Hey, Dan, big weekend coming up. A lot of people want to know what they should be doing. They're getting uh, cozy for the fall. What board game should they play this week? So I like to bring uh, some kind of lighter ones here and there, but there's a, a really new, uh, it's basically on pre-order and it's starting to ship now. Uh, Portal Games, who does a lot of great games that, you know, they did um, uh, Imperial Settlers and Imperial Settlers uh, Empires of the North, which is kind of in this kind of Imperial Settlers universe. Now, they put out another game that's a little bit lighter than the two of those, because those were kind of light to medium weight games, and they're amazing games. Mm. So they're putting out Imperial Miners. So it's in that same Imperial Settlers universe, and it's like theme where we just say, oh, we're done settling, now we've got a mine for everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Scott, this is uh, is 100% a Scott game. (laughs) All right. So the rules so, aren't so bad is what you're saying they can follow them they're they're, uh, they're easy to read easy to understand and you can <laughs> learn them in about 40 seconds now bobby i don't know how much uh board gaming you do with oh family. i fan. do a lot of board gaming i'm a big board gamer yeah he's never so bored like, playing like board games. heavier games or uh do you, do you i like, like all kinds of games i am i am a fan of all of them but i'm definitely like um i definitely like rules heavy games things like uh What's the one we played recently? Um, Food Chain Magnate is pretty fun. Oh, that is a good. That. That's got some good weight to it. Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, that's a tough. But I also like. I like. Uh, I'm looking at my shelf right now. That's why I'm. You don't um, mind some kind of stuff. Yeah. Some simpler fare, some good family, good time, that kind of stuff. Patchwork is a really fun one for me and my wife. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. That's yeah. an excellent yeah. two-player, uh, and they have um, all these different versions of Patchwork, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Imperial Miners is right up that same alley where you can play this one to five players. Honestly, you can play this with uh, with kids because it's an easy one to learn, uh, an easy one to play, and it, do- it only plays in uh, we call it like a, you know the super filler or one hour wonder. It's really easy to teach and play, and you can probably teach it and play it in an hour. So what you're doing is you're mining down. You have uh, everyone has a card that basically says the same thing, like uh, has the top level, and then you'll have a, a hand of cards that'll have levels one, two, three in them, and then on your turn you're basically building. Your you're kind of burrowing down. So when you play a card that goes kind of down a level, you get to do what it says on that card, and then you're going up the, kind of back up the mine, and you're triggering what's on top of it. So your base card that everybody has, again, has like three different things you can do. So then on your next card, you're building down, and then you're kind of building a little bit of a base, and then you get to level two card. So when you build a level two card, you have, you're going to uh, control. You're going to do what the level two card says, like maybe gain a gold and a, and a victory point. And then you can pick the one of the two cards above it, basically staying in that same row. 
and getting what happens there, triggering that card. Mm. So as you can tell, as you're building things out, you're building things, uh, you know, east and west, and then building things north and south, you're building and then you're triggering, kind of using a nice little chain of your tableau to build different things and then you're getting different victory points you're going up some different tracks that that will be kind of randomized tracks that's almost like uh you know just kind of a reward track that you have uh, and it's another way to get victory points but it's such a such an easy game to play i basically just explained the whole game right there mm. you know all you really the only difference that you're worrying about during the game is you know how you're getting uh money and and then how you're purchasing different things in the game but you're basically just going 10 rounds, building 10 things, triggering everything, and then see how many victory points you have. You know what this I like? Game, I like these, I like the pieces, like these uh, gem pieces and these little mm, these little buckets oh yeah. of gold, like these little tray, these, I don't know what you call They're mine carts is what they really mine are. Mine carts? Okay. I love yeah, that so you, kind of stuff. Um, that attention to detail, I love that crap. So cool. The only bad thing about the mine carts, um, and, I, and I've already uh, I sent the, uh, the, the publisher a note laughing about it, because I hate sticker and shit. Oh Once, yeah, you got to put those on. Yeah. Dang it! That you got to put the sticker on the top of them, and I just hate it. <laughs> but uh, so like, and uh, so these different cards will have kind of a visual spatial thing. Will where they'll have kind of a half. You know, you may have this little rectangle where it's a half a mine cart, yeah. and if you if you connect the other side, then you're going to basically get a point at the end of the game, uh, and it could trigger other things. But if there's a half that's empty with a half that's full later in the game, you can actually fill up that other half, and that's why you're putting those mine cart pieces on there just to. Show Show that you actually have filled that particular cart but, sure. the, but the bits are really nice those uh the little the little gems that's kind of like the one five and ten victory point gems i believe is what it is because the money is in is in chits but uh it, it's such a great production this is kind of one of these games where it's so light and so easy to play that it's very much a game of the year candidate for sure mm-hmm. um it looks great. it looks really good i like it's got like a tech track you were talking about which is cool yep. Yep. And there, those are so there's three of those different tracks and they're double sided. So you just randomize those three boards every game. And then, kind of as you're going up to the top of one, you then choose another one that you can go because different things that you'll trigger will let you go up that track. So it's currently pre order on Amazon. I probably can get it in other places right now or uh, direct maybe or something. Yeah, you can go to uh, Amazon. I think uh, Portal Portal Games, it's like they're, uh, they're actually a. Um, a Polish publisher, but they have distribution in the U.S., so they're starting to ship from the U.S. distribution now. So if you look, uh, if you do a search for Portal Games, they probably have a pre-order on there as well. But you should be able to get it on Amazon, and it should be getting into the FLGSs out there uh, real soon. But I always love to either use your friendly local game store or uh, you know, or the, the the publisher himself. You know what's funny is I love a good uh, mining-based video game. Like even if you go back to puzzle stuff like Mr. Driller in the '90s or um, Wait, was it Mr. Driller? Something Driller. I think it was Mr. Driller, Capcom thing. Um, I think. And then, t- uh, like today, I love the Steam, the Steam, uh, what are they called? Steamworks or Steam World Dig? Steam World Dig. That's what I was trying to say. Steam World Dig 1 and 2. Amazing mining based things. There's something about going down and deep and getting further, depending on what the mechanics of the game are. I don't really care. It seems like that's what this is. You've described a, mm-hmm. a board game that gives me that vibe, and I'm I'm all in. This thing's only 39 bucks too, so affordable. That's great. Yeah, and it's and it's solid. I, I really I really dig it. It's uh, you know, I always nowadays you kind of like think about price for what you get. Like I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to diminish the publisher's price of forty. It feels like a thirty dollars game to me because I got one for a review copy, obviously. But uh, but um, it feels like a thirty dollars game. So you may be able to find that. It's, I I really hate to to nickel and dime on these things, but it, you know, money is money. Right. But 
But yeah. I think forty dollars is a pretty good deal. Um, I would have liked to be cheaper, but it's but it's a good deal for for a game. Nowadays, games are eighty, ninety, a hundred bucks. But so a forty dollar game is no big deal, and it's probably again with everything getting more expensive for them to produce too. Yeah. But look at these little. I mean, I know you hate putting the stickers on, but chat room. Look at these stickers; they're so cute. You get little gems in there. Actually, it looks like cereal. We've been talking about cereal. They're like little boxes of cereal. <laughs> anyway. It does look like uh, you know something that you would see in Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Uh, check it out again. That game is called Imperial Miners by Post Portal Games and is available uh, soon on Amazon and other places as well. You can pre-order it. Check it out and uh, get in. Dan's recommendations always good for us. Dan, is there anything else going on you'd like people to know about? No, uh, just check me out, uh, Geek Jock Dan on Twitter. Uh, I am not, uh, I am uh, old like Scott, but I really don't like to be on a million different social media. So just find me on Twitter. Uh, and also, if you're, you know, Tadpoolers and friends, feel free to check me out on uh, Facebook as well. I do the Geek All Stars podcast. We just did one a few weeks ago. We'll do another one this week, but we just finished a great show where we actually had the villains draft. Yeah. We've drafted villains from all different, between movies, TV, books, and everything else. So that was a, a fun time. That so was you probably check good. Out yeah, that sounds like a great time. Uh, go check that out. Dan, um, I have a question for you real fast. Go for it. Yes, sir. Um, if you had a quick recommendation real fast, I, me and my wife are always looking for really solid two-player games. You know how some games say they they play two players, but really it's kind of a diminished experience when it gets scaled down that right, way? Right, when you scale it down. Yeah, game, you mean games that are made more for two or basically... Or at least play really well with two people. Right. Yeah. Um, well, just off the top of my head, since you do like kind of the heavier base kind of base games, um, Caverna is a great game, but Caverna Cave versus Cave is kind of like that Agricola, all creatures big and small. Those are two kind of smaller versions of the big game that, mm, that pack a bit yeah. of a punch and are fun. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel is an we amazing We have that one. one. That's a really good one, yeah. Uh, Boss Monster, which was a game that was based off of kind of like a video game where uh, it's kind of like an 8-bit looking thing or where you're just trying to make your... Uh, kind of levels and stuff. Boss Monster Duel is a new one that's coming out. That's excellent for for two people. Cool. Um, Do you know what's great for two people? The upcoming release of Dungeon Murder. I've heard about it a couple of places. It's pretty good. I've heard it's a little indie project by it's one guy made the art and did all the game. Pretty good for two people. I'm gonna put that. As that thing gets published, I'll, I'll have it. I know you will have it. I saw your name on there. It'll be out. It's coming out uh, right now. We're looking at. We're hoping early October is the plan. Great. Uh, we're just waiting for production. That's the funnest part about this. When you've done everything, you've literally done everything, and now you're just waiting for printers to do their shit. It's the worst. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, and, but, and nowadays, with thousands and thousands of games coming out, it's it's easier said than done to, to push that publish button. Yeah, it's way harder. Because they're, it's just everything's backlogged. I mean, it's great for the. I'm, I'm glad the the tabletop business is so insane right now. It's so good, but it does mean that you're kind of in a line, <laughs> especially if you want to do printing and stuff in the states. Because all the best places that are actually affordable are way backlogged, and I could go to China, but I don't want to, so right. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> well, if you're if you're going to be doing a bigger game, uh, China's going to China's going to be the way to go because they're uh, just they're more affordable and they're actually better at it than it's just not affordable for a U.S. based publisher. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, a producer to you know the manufacturing isn't the the machines the the uh, the the workers and everything else. It's just in the materials they're just not cheap enough over here for 
uh, manufacturers right. to make enough money. That's in, why a lot, in a lot of cases, they have to they have to get that stuff from over there too because they're not equipped to do like all the little chits and the little bits and the pieces mm-hmm. and the stuff. Whereas, and I, and I wish it would change. I, I you yeah. know, hell, I would I would open up a manufacturer if you know. And actually, years ago, we were looking into this. I'm like, why isn't there a good US based thing? And then you look at all the behind the scenes and everything else. Uh, it's just not feasible. Yeah, the money's not right. It's all wrong. You can't charge 300 bucks for a board game. Sorry. I mean, you can. Some people can. But we're yeah, not. Yeah, that's all... rare. It's, it's a blinged out copy of like Oathsworn or, or the biggest Frost Haven in the world. You yeah, know? it's but, like um, uh, Gloomhaven yeah, 2.0 with hand signed everything from artists and, uh, you know, somebody. Even my huge Frost Haven isn't even. I mean, I think I paid like 150 or something for it and it's gigantic. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, when I look at these Kickstarters that go for two or 300 hours, you're like, Man, I spent 150 on Frost Haven. Is this going to be as good as that? Yeah. If not, then I ain't paying 300 bucks for a for a Kickstarter. Hell no, yo. Uh, well, Dan, <laughs> it's always good hanging out with you. Have a good one, and may your uh, re, uh, may may your recalled FDA drugs, over the counter drugs, be mild. I don't know what I'm saying. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> All right, there goes Dan. I think. Oh, there he goes. Okay. Hey, I got one last thing to read, and then we're out of here, dude. All right. Here it is. This is from Sardonis Delacroix. Well, what a name. I did not make that up. That is an email name. It says here, I am a little behind on episodes because I was on vacation. I prefer to listen to TMS while I'm at work because I need something silly to lift my spirits. But on episode 2506, this is a while ago. Been hanging on to this one. Scott inquired if furries can choose whatever animal they want and then equip, or sorry, and then quipped about being a sloth. All right. Mm. Meaning that's what I would be or something. I don't remember what I said. Anyway, I've been an active member of the furry community since 1998 when I was a freshman in high school. And yes, furries can choose whatever animal they want. Some furries can choose fur- furless animals for their character. Oh, that's right. Because I was saying, was anybody like a hairless cat? Or could you be like a... Like, I didn't know if the furry part was required that you had to be furry. You know what I mean? Right. Could you be a lizard? Right. Right. Maybe right. some sort of hairless lizard? Like, I didn't know. Anyway, so some furries choose to be hairless animals uh, for their character. There are a large number of bird characters, as well as snakes and crocodiles, even dragons and dinosaurs. Well, they all live together at the same time, is my understanding of history, ancient history. Anyway, lots of furries. and dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. Birds in particular. Man, birds are weird. Let me just say, have you heard lately like a trained, someone just has like a raven and the raven talks? Have you heard how those sound, how ravens sound when they talk? Yeah, ravens are incredibly intelligent. I've heard them compared to uh, to a seven year old in in terms of intelligence, which is pretty great for a bird, right? Yeah, they freak me the f out. Like in a other universe, because it's now it's now generally accepted by the anthropological world, is my understanding, that birds descended from dinosaurs. Yes. Uh, just imagine a universe where things went just a little bit different. Maybe the meteor hit less or it was no meteor at all. And these things were left to truly evolve. We'd have the, we'd have smart dinosaurs walking around talking and shit. Because look at some of these yeah. birds. These ravens are going, hey, I'm hungry. What's going on? Hey, everybody, check me out. And they're not just mimicking. They're like asking for things or they're someone will say, what's this? And he'll poke, he'll knock a, his beak on a glass bottle and he'll say glass in this low voice. And then they, and they'll put plastic <laughs> and he'll knock it and go, what's this plastic? Yeah. And he'll say, yes, but what is this? I'm holding bottle. Like what the frick dude? <laughs> yeah. The, um, I was just read a, uh, an article just that came out less than a week ago that, um, 
there's been some research that show that ravens uh, have displayed um, statistical knowledge, like they understand st- statistical comparisons of of things. This wouldn't surprise me. They're yeah. just they're crazy. I love it, man. Ravens, they're the future. Look out, Corvids. Get yours today. Ravens, crows. Yeah, crows. Uh, the ra- the only difference between a raven and a crow, the best I can tell, is the raven has cooler hair. The crow's like a smoother bird. Yeah. Whereas the cr- ravens has got like these like wisps of like cool, I don't know what to call like like uh, like Final Fantasy character hair kind of. Yeah. That's the best oh, yeah. way I could put it. All right. Uh, if you want to send an email into the show, you can. It's uh, the morning stream at gmail.com. You can send us texts as well at 801 471 and even better yet, you can join us in our burgeoning Patreon. Patreon.com slash TMS for as low as a dollar a month. You can be in there and be a part of it and get all kinds of cool stuff in the mail. You can get cool stuff on the weekends, bonus content every day, all that stuff. All right? So get in there and get that done. We're going to play a song on our way out. Uh, before I do, though, a uh, huge thanks again, Bobby, for sitting in today. Appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Um Make sure you go check out All Around Science, you guys. It's wherever you get your podcasts. And it's a fantastic show all about scientific topics. Like a mm-hmm. lot of what Bobby brings here to the show, like we've done today. We did a few topics ourselves. Feel pretty good about it. I was going to ask Dan about that re- recall, but I forgot. Uh, I wondered if he had thoughts. But your wife's uh, in that world. She knows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We talked about it again last night. It was. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's all interesting how companies like to make money yeah that's right <laughs> they like to make that money that is what i have learned in a lifetime of watching it money make it all right that's it for the show big thanks everybody for watching and listening uh we have a song brian gave me another request here uh he forwarded this to me this is our end of show cover uh it's going to be the song all star by jonathan young and it's because of this request g'day baza and shaza or maybe it's baza and shaza i don't i don't know no one tells me these things I'm Baza today. Okay, sure. Well, you're B. It works. You yeah. know, when Brian's not here and we need a B, it, it works out pretty good. Uh, let's see. You were talking about Puss in Boots on Recommendals, which reminded me of the music from the Shrek movies. I request uh, requested a certain cover of a uh, pretty crappy song <laughs> because it's just a fun cover. No, cover. Nothing too deep. Uh, if it can be played due to reasons or can't be played due to reasons, then it's all good. Dealer's choice. Also, it's my 42nd birthday. Happy birthday. And it's like done. Uh, feel free to rewrite this as it wasn't written by a half-drunk Aussie at 3 a.m. Love the show, though. Signed, Lucky Phil, who was in our chat room today. Well, he wanted a cover of All-Star. Uh, and, you know, whatever. We just lost Steve. What's his name? The lead singer for for that band for smash mouth Mm -hmm. so this is a bit of a tribute in a way um this is one by jonathan young i know nothing more about this other than jonathan young covered this version of all-star and if i know brian i know that it's good because he makes he plays nothing but good covers on this show so sit back relax and worry not you're about to get a rad cover of all-star that's gonna do it for us we'll see you guys tomorrow somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me i ain't the sharpest tool in the shed Start coming and they don't stop coming Fed to the bulls and I hit the ground running Didn't make sense not to live for fun Your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb So much to do, so much to say So much fun we're taking the back streets You never know if you don't go You never shine if you don't go
Don't be a dick. Oh.